words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. That song is just haunting. Like Pastor Fred said, you know, in the good times and the bad times, we must exalt Him. The best time to praise is when it's difficult. It's called the sacrifice of praise. It costs something. David said, I will never come before the Lord without bringing something that will cost me. There's a value that God places. In Hebrews 11, it says that he's a, God, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so for me, it's not enough to seek Him. What it is, is about diligently seeking Him. In Job 23, I'm sorry, I just throw out scriptures, but note them and check them. You must always check like the Berean Christians. Not everything I say you must take. I could make a mistake. And how would you know? If you just take everything I say, hook, line, and sinker. But in Job 23, around 8 to 10, in all his tra traveling and his troubles, Job said, I sought the Lord. I looked for him on the left. He wasn't there. I looked for him on the right, where he usually is, his place of strength. He wasn't there. He says, I didn't know he was hiding. He says, but whichever way I go, I know that I will come out as gold. And God honored him because he could see the diligence of his seeking. When you go through problems, you know, one of the things that God has helped me shift, you know, for last few years, I cannot speak without talking about shakings because I've come to understand that shakings are a tool in the hand of God. And if you understand what shakings mean to you, you will change your configuration. When things happen that shake everything, you, you feel, oh, I'm lost, and you begin to lament. That's not the posture to take. Because if you understand, that in a, in, a, in a shaking, what God does, in Hebrews 12, it says that in the time of Mount Sinai, he shook the earth when, there was, when they came to him and he was, there were lightnings, thunderings. The people were so afraid. They said, you know, Moses, just go. We will not just go here and then come and tell us. But he says, now I will shake not just the earth, but the heavens. That means he will literally shake everything. And he says, only those things that are rooted will remain. Every, everything else will follow. So in a time of shaking, what God is doing is shaking things off that are not rooted. So your, your whole quest in times of shaking should be, am I rooted? And you know what drove it home for me? I keep sharing is a picture I saw after the Asian tsunami some years ago. Well, that tsunami was so violent that it took um, ocean liners you know ocean liners are no longer boats they are they are cities on the sea massive structures that are story buildings high it was carrying them and throwing them on land then it was taking skyscrapers and just leveling them into the sea and then there's a picture of a reed a slender plant that was still standing it didn't make sense that is the picture I have in the storm. When you're rooted in God, you stay standing while everything else falls. And so in a storm, your focus should not be fear. 
running around from pillar to post. It must be resting in God. It does not mean by any stretch of imagination that that season will be painless or easy. It will stress you. It will literally tear you apart. Because the shaking, it's not that he didn't say that those that are rooted in me will not feel the shaking. You will be shaking. As in shaking. Like you know how all those pictures of space, when you are, you'll be shaken to your core. But what will keep you is that you're rooted. That's when you can praise God in that season. You will understand what sacrifice of praise is. And when you see him come through, you understand that he's rewarding your diligence. Stay diligent. For those of you who couldn't make just like me, if I'm beefing Pastor Mo, P.I., Pastor Tim, all of that, beefing them. <laughs> what, they, they are on, on Facebook. Watch, watch, this, watch, watch those messages. They are, they are really, it's on point. This is what the season calls for. Diligent pursuit. Because the times are going to be rocky, even more than we've seen. If you thought 2020 was a tough year, <laughs> brace yourself. Hallelujah. This morning, I'm, 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 I want to talk about divine nature. It's something that's been in my, my spirit for a few weeks now. I shared something when I was in Abuja a few weeks back. And it's just been, when Pimo said, come in, what do I have in mind? I said, this is what's been haunting. I was... I will pray a bit and see if there's something else God wants to say. And I can't seem to get away from it. I don't know what God wants to deliver. And my prayer is that, because I feel it's for the house. I don't know what. And I'm pray my prayer is that the Lord will speak. Whether you're here this morning or you're online, that the Lord will speak to your heart. My prayer while we were worshiping was, I felt a burden. It's like God, God is, is, is anxious for his people to come back to him. And I pray that, Lord, let the hearts here today just be open. If you need to rend the hearts, rend them. And just receive them back to you. So my prayer is that everyone, under the sound of my voice, you will hear the voice of God. And you will hear him and you will hearken to his call this morning. And so, Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for everyone in the Ecclesia Hills. Whether those here, those not here, those watching online, those who will watch the message later. My prayer, Lord, is that you will draw them to yourself. For your word says, no man can come unto you except you draw them. Lord, this is a season of drawing. It's a season where your spirit is brooding over the earth. Lord, may we not miss the time of revealing because we are not attentive. Father, I ask that every word I will speak will not be enticing words of man's wisdom in any way. It will not be appealing to people, but it will be your word that is tugging at the hearts of your people. It will bring a demonstration of your power by your spirit, not, not the works that we want in power, but reaching the hearts and the spirits of your people and reawakening them, O oh God. We thank you, Father, because you're ever faithful. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
I know I, Pia, I understand she spoke about eternity. I, I just want to say, share one scripture from there and segue into divine nature because it's all tied in. In Ecclesiastes 3, um, and I use mostly New King James, but I want to use Amplified on this scripture. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Yet, so that men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. It says eternity has been placed, implanted in our hearts. And I like the way it captures the, um, how the Amplified captures what that is. It says it's a divinely implanted sense of purpose that is working through ages which nothing but God alone can satisfy. But it says that yet men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning. So it is hidden. Eternity is hidden in our hearts. It literally says it's hidden to only those who can look and search for it. But Proverbs 25 says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. And that's why I know that, you know, Jesus always would speak in parables. And he would say to his disciples, it is not given to all to know, but to you it is given. It is those who are called apart who it's given to know. And that's why if, I, if you don't hear anything I say this, this morning, it is a year of seeking and searching. It is those who know their God intimately that will be strong and do exploits. And so, if eternity has been placed in our hearts, how come we don't seem, because eternity is not about a place that we're going to. It's about living, and then there's another scripture that talks about eternity, doing Jesus about doing eternal life. And it's about here and now. It's not just about there. If that is what we're called to and we've been, it's been put in us, why don't we see it manifest? And so you, you, there are a lot of questions being asked of, of the church now. After what has happened in America, people are full blast. Just There's an onslaught on persecuting the church and showing up that even the elect are even feeling some of us now overdue. You know, I remember praying on prayer in November and saying that, you know, what God dropped in my heart, that the election was not an election of colors. And what I meant by that, it was, you know, the, the Democrats are blue and the Republicans are red. That it wasn't about which color. That the country was so sharply divided across the line and also divided across the black and white that people had taken camps on the basis of what their color was. And to God, it was not about color. And when Joshua was going to take Jericho and was just um, doing a recce, around Jericho, he came across a man with a sword drawn and asked him, are you for us 
or are you against us? And the man said, neither. But I am the captain of the host of the Lord. You're standing on holy ground. Take off your shoes. And that brought me to an understanding that we are two-dimensional in our thinking. So when we think of a war, we think of this versus this. In the dimensions of God, he's many-dimensional. His own is his own. So you can have a battle that this is God's own. And the two people fighting are just in the wrong camp. So none of them will win. They will be doing goalless draw. Because God is not in it. The only battle that is won is the one that is God's. And if you don't understand the battle, you will just be going, and that is what happened to America. So a lot of people were even prophets and pastors were red or blue or black or white. And that's the issue. What was God's heart? The truth is many were correct. But you see, again, prophecy is not that is spoken must happen. So the prophecies over your life that they've been spoken and you've said amen doesn't mean they will happen. There's a responsibility on you to carry and steward the prophecy. So there are things you might not do that will make the prophecy not happen. And it wasn't that God didn't say. God doesn't act 100% times sovereignly. He acts like 5% times sovereignly. The rest is what you do that he works on. So if you don't do, nothing happens. That's why a lot of the prophecies that have been spoken over life are still hanging. It's not that God didn't speak or that God is not able to. And so we must understand that. And I use that to segue into the issue of the divine nature. Because, you know, everything is falling apart around us. You know, and everything seems, there's an increase against the church. It started what likely with the gay agenda, all those things. And so with this, and then you saw in our country here, it was about those private jets. You are doing schools that are, in fact, everything was just showing the church up as pastors are criminal, this one, that, all manner of things. Trying to show up. And you know, in the, in the, in the logic of men, it makes sense that the church chef, what we do do this, that, you know, even Christians begin to question and, you know, and, you know, God is God. His values and his standards do not change. They do not change. If he says it, that's what it is. There is no amount of sophistication and civilization that will change what he said. Case in point. 40 years ago, if you mentioned gay, this thing, ah, it's abomination. Today is law. In God's mind, if you like, make it law, make it anything. This is what he says, and that is what it is. At the end of the day, it's not what your law says. We will meet him in judgment. Then you will know what the truth was. His standards don't shift. And the danger we have is we follow the trends. And we fall short of what God says. And that's why you will see one of the most fearful things for me is when he says in the Bible that you will come on that day and I will say, depart from me, I know you not. He said, ah, but Lord, in your name, we did this, we did that. They genuinely did all those things. But he says, you did not do what was right in my sight. Imagine if Paul died on the road to Damascus, would he have gone to heaven or hell? He would have gone to hell. But as far as Paul was concerned, Saul then, he was doing the will of God with zeal, 
but he was doing the wrong thing. That's why he, he was almost like an about turn. He just, with the same zeal, he was doing the work of God. The way he was killing Christians is the way he was saving them. It's very easy by sleight of hand to go into the wrong thing and miss God. It's so critical that the, you see, nature, the, when the word nature, I had to, you know, we have to do research. What does nature mean? It says the basic or inherent features or character or qualities of something or the innate or essential qualities or character of a person. So the divine nature speaks of the character, the essence, the, the, the fabric of the divine. And a scripture I want us to read, which set me off on all of this, is 2 Peter chapter 1. I'll quickly read verses 2 to 9, but my focus is 3 and 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who, was called, who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, it says, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. I will read 3 and 4 again. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who, was called, who called us by glory and virtue. It says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so today the church is looked at in many lights. People think the church is bereft of power and relevance. And see them, they're just prophesying. They come and say sorry. You see, that means they were lying. You know, all manner of things. People are saying all kinds of things. It doesn't change what God's, God's mind. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. That is his view of the church. It won't change. It doesn't matter what is happening. The church of God is not shaken. The question is, who is the church? That means what we have been seeing is not the church. The church of God is the one that will manifest his divine nature. So if it is not, then it is not the church we have been seeing. And it's the, it's the responsibility of the church to get back to that place where you be partakers of the divine nature. 
what everybody wants is what verse 3 says the divine power but if you if you link it it's saying that the divine power comes when you are partaking of that divine nature and it goes on in the succeeding scriptures to talk of the things you need to lay hold of none of them there talks of miraculous and all that it's talking of virtue it's talking of knowledge it's talking of self-control those things are not things people want to, they want to deal with you know power you know and i do miracles i do this The church is seen as bereft of power because it's not a, a church that is standing and exhibiting the nature of God. You can go and preach a powerful message to people. You know, children, Jesus was very correct. Children were the measure of our faith. A child follows what you do, not what you say. So you can say all you like. They will do what you are saying, what you are doing. They will follow what you are doing, not what you are saying. So perhaps it's because all the preaching we are doing is not is falling on deaf ears because what we are exhibiting and doing doesn't align with what we are saying. And I'm not saying, you know, because when we think of we want, it's a power. Christianity is a power religion. It is a showing forth religion. But it doesn't, you don't show forth because you know everybody will pray for power so that they will show signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. I want to do them and I will I do them and I will continue doing them. But they're not a product of you praying for them. They're a product of you being and then these things fall. They follow. Mark 16, 17 to 18. Mark 16, 17 to 18. He says, and these signs will follow those who believe. It says, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. When we see the scripture, everybody's praying for those signs. But he says one thing that is fundamental. He says, these signs will follow those who believe. That means those who don't believe, the signs won't follow them. You can pray for the signs all you like. They won't come if you don't believe. For me, that's the fundamental issue of where we are. Believing that he's a God who rewards those who diligently seek him is the foundation. When you believe, it says in John, it says... He has given power to become sons to those who believe. I like to read the Bible conversely. So it means if you don't believe, you don't have the power to become a son. You can beat your head on the wall. It will not happen. That is the crux of the matter. If we manifest the nature of God, because God said, let us make man in our own image and our likeness. And it had nothing to do with how he looked physically. It had everything to do with his core. What made man and distinguished man from the other creations was the breath of God. That breath speaks of his essence. That's what he imparted to man. And that's what distinguishes man from every other living creature. So if you don't manifest that breath, then you are not better than any of the other creatures. That is the problem.
hope I'm hitting you this morning because I need to waken people up. Too many are focused on the signs and wonders. I am not against, I am a firm believer in signs and wonders in the right context. So if I did a program that was healing people, doing everything, delivering, that thing would just be back to back, just, I will monetize it. And in fact, people will be coming from everywhere. We all have problems. We want instant solution to the problem. We don't want to go through it. Some of the problems we go through is the shaking God is taking us through. And we don't want to shake. We just want to just pass through and just go. It's not like that. If I did that kind of program, it will be so, it will, everybody will come. But the reality is, <laughs> if you exhibit and manifest the divine nature, those signs follow you. The dispensation, and I've been saying this for over two years, we have, we have left the era of great men of God. This is the era of the child of God. Many unknown people will be doing crazy things quietly. They just do and go. You won't know them. Because God called every one of us to walk in those signs and wonders. It's not the preserve of any anybody. It's not the preserve of Pastor Nigel. Everybody. Where the world is today, it seems like everything, you know, America, the election has come and gone, the dust will settle. The solution is not in the hand of anybody. The solution is in the hand of the people God will raise. Daniel 11 says that those that know their God will be strong and do exploits. It is those people who will be able to do exploits. Who will bring solutions. God creates solution providers. He creates chaos so that you bring order in the midst of chaos. Isaiah 60, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, darkness covers the earth and gross darkness the people. It says, but the light, my light will come upon you. And it says, kings and nations will come to the brightness of your rising. He will raise people who are ordinarily set apart as being nothing. Put his light on them and it will bring kings to them. And I want to illustrate this so that we will understand in something contemporary. If you look at the Nigerian Christian music scene, I don't want to use the word gospel music because it just creates a different impression. We have music ministers, not gospel artists. Even the term artist just takes it into a different realm. Until like three, four years ago, we had people were playing Christian music and forgive my characterization and I, don't, I won't mention names. That were, it was like entertainment. But in the last three to five years, you've seen a crop of ministers who are carrying and ministering. It's not just about singing songs. In the past, it used to be everybody, every person wants to record their demo. 
You know, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody has a demo they are pushing to do. And after doing the demo, then what? But what has happened is there's been a shifting over. It's been kind of silent, but I've been tracking it. That is why you will see a Sinatra sing a song that goes global. And Nathaniel will play his trumpet. It will go global. And then a Terry McCarmon, who we all grew up listening to his music and taking us into heaven with Benny Hinn, saying, calling him, doesn't know him, say, I've, God says you should come and play with me to blow over America. It didn't happen because of COVID. But that was, you know, you are seeing those things because you are not just looking at people who are playing music as artists. You are looking at people who are ministering, who take the time to go into the court to hear and bring it. And that is God's mind. Of course, it will be commercially successful. But the issue wasn't the commercial success that led to that. It was about ministry. They have become partakers of divine nature in that space. Because it's not just about doing things for the sake of doing them. It's about carrying the mandate of God and bringing God's heart to people. And that has to be a mindset. Partakers of the divine nature, speaking of people who exhibit that divine nature and they cause shifts around them. Things change because they come in. Literally, you step into a place the atmosphere changes. You look at the Dunsio Yekons, you look at Olubide, you look at Myro, Volabi Noel. Name anyone now. They come from that stable, Victoria. They are prolific in songs. Many times, it's not that you plan to release an album. Songs just come and you play them. And you just release them. Because the dispensation we are in it's about sound. God is using sound to do things. So if you don't understand it, you can't connect. So they are just releasing sounds, not releasing albums. There's a shift. Let me explain you someone. I won't talk about the past people. But let me use someone who straddles both. Wale Adenuga. He's always been a worshiper. He's always been one who very simplistic, humble, but his heart is for God. He was in that, but he fits in very easily in this because that has always been his default setting. That is him. He has not changed. He's just been doing what he's been doing since and he's working. Many others have uh, tried to adjust and you know, you, you repackage. It's not by packaging. <laughs> it's by being. You do things effortlessly when you exhibit the divine nature. You will not look for people. They come to you. I was listening to Dusio Yoko. I was just laughing. This one to that is new album. That's someone who has just sat with God. And God has given songs. That fragrance to fire. Hi-ya-ya-ya. <laughs> God has blessed people. I just be God. Just give me one song to just one. <laughs> you know. I don't say this to glorify people, but I want to illustrate something that we can relate to. Because then you see changes. Those are the people God wants to raise in this time.
what is the divine nature because the people God has called or is calling as solution providers are people who will exhibit something and because of where they stand with him he will release people he trusts he will release ideas wealth into their hands if God doesn't trust you you can pray from here to tomorrow for money he won't give you at the level he wants but the ones who come into that place that he trusts the ones who are treasurers he will release they will be begging him not to even give them more there are people in the midst of all that we are seeing what they control if you hear what they control when you see them you just think this guy is just a riffraff when you know what he has because it's not, it's not, it doesn't drive a, a range and this and that and that and you know all the things we do, banana island and that and that. It's just simple. You just, you will treat him shabbily because you think he's just a regular guy. But when you know what he carries, there are people like that around that God trusts. And all they have to do, and I remember the story years ago, two women, true story, two women were praying to God to buy What's the best bag? Gucci, Prada, which one? Okay, let's just say Gucci bag that everybody wants to get. If you get it, you are a symbol. <laughs> Two of them were praying to get this. One had the money. The other didn't have the money. You ask yourself, you have the money, why will I be praying for the thing? She knew she was a treasurer for God. So God said to her, give that woman money. Without question, she did it. You ask yourself, how will I I'm praying for something? Then God says, I should go and give someone to do the same thing. Why? She knows that the silver and gold belong to God. We are just stewards. My money. It's not your money. If you have that mindset, please go and repent. Because everything he puts in your hand, he expects you will steward it. The parable of the talent speaks to that. God's expectation is whatever he puts in your hand, you will steward it and multiply it. We will think it's our own to do. Even what you, what you spend on, it's not the tithe that matters to God. It's the 90%. What do you do with it? What do you do with it? So there are people who, they give 90 and live on 10. It's not that they have so much money. But they have come to a place where this is what I do. I recognize that this is, I'm called to fund the kingdom. So everything they labor for is to, is for, to the kingdom. Will God not bless those people? Will they not walk in? They will walk in divine provision that you will think this person has five million dollars. He's, he's wealthy. Meanwhile, the person is driving a banger of a car, doing many things. I think, yeah. You need to show, you know, you need to show. The person says, you don't understand. 90% of that money is going to be funding. And I just trust God to provide for me. So the person will be praying for things. That's why the woman will pray, God, can I use this money to buy back? Not because she doesn't have the money. But that money belongs to God. It might seem alien to you, but you will get there one day by the grace of God. If you don't understand it, you can't walk in the fullness of what God expects of us. 
of us. Psalm 15, trying to narrow in on what is divine nature. He says, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He says, it is he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. He says, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. It does not say he that will do signs and wonders. It does not say he that will have a 50,000 church, or 100,000, or 1 million. The measure is the one. It's always about the heart. Divine nature, going back to that scripture in Second Peter, he talks about things, faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance. Those are the things that matter to God. It's not the miracles you do. Because those miracles are meant to be byproducts of the thing you carry. Verse 4, the last part says, the one who swears to his own hurt and does not change. I feel a need to highlight that. I don't know why. You must be people of your word. Ecclesiastes says, don't make a pledge and not fulfill it because God looks at you like a fool. We are quick to make promises. It's one thing I'm teaching my daughter. If you make a promise, keep it. Even to your own hurt. That's what the Bible says. i give you an example in the Bible. Remember Joshua and the Gibeonites. God said to Joshua, none of these people from this land should you make a pact with. So the Gibeonites tricked him. They acted as if they were coming from a far journey, stale bread, all that, torn clothes, and said they are coming from far, they want to make a treaty. And he went into the treaty with them against God's will. And when he realized, he was angry. But when the Gibeonites, you see, in those days, when you made, took an oath or you made a pledge, you kept to it. So when the Gibeonites were attacked and called Joshua to come and rescue them, he had to, even though they tricked him. To show you how much God places on covenants and pacts and promises. Almost 700 years later, in the time of David, the brethren of Saul killed Gibeonites. And there was a plague in Egypt, in Israel. And David sought the Lord and found out that it was because of this act. And approached the Gibeonites, what can we do? And they said, they don't want any men of Israel to die again. Just take 10 of the kindred of Saul and kill them and put, hang them. 700 years later, a pact that was made in deceit, God still asked that it be honored. Joshua was long gone, but that, that pact was still in effect. That's how seriously God takes oaths. So when we talk of divine nature, What's your character like? God says, if he says he would do it, it will be done. To a thousand generations. He never breaks a promise. 
think back over your life. I'm sure the last one you broke was like yesterday or the day before. I really need us to understand what divine nature speaks to. Because when you begin to exhibit the divine nature, you will see things follow you that you sought and prayed for. You will literally be in a bubble. You will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Nothing will happen to you. He says, Psalm 91, he says you will hear that it happened to this and that and you walk through. That's the realm where the true power lies. I just want to share quickly a few things about how we can cultivate the divine nature. I came to challenge you this morning. Quit talking about the church is this, the church. Are, are you not tired of saying the church is this, no power, this? Are you not tired? Are you not the church? Is it some people somewhere? Or is another church? Ecclesia is not part. You are part of them. You, all of you sitting here, you are part of them. Are you manifesting what the church should? Simple question. We are not. So, for me, it's about getting back into your closet and getting into that place. I'll share four key things, but one that is, like I said, if you don't hear anything I said, you have to seek God till you find him and you can manifest. That's the first thing. This year, coming from last year, I felt last year was tough, so some people wanted to, you know, we saw things about, it's like, a, it's a computer file, let's delete 2020. That, just delete it. It won't be in the memory. And then you just enter 2021 and everything will be hunky-dory. <laughs> you know, when you have a problem, you go to bed. You wake up, the problem is still there. It didn't go. So you can't erase it. <laughs> People said the, like last year was five months. January, February, March, COVID, and then December. <laughs> uh, right? I saw all kinds of things. I was just laughing. But one of the things God led me to understand, you know, I shared here about coming into 2020, the mindset. I felt God say it's part two. What I said to me is, press on, part two. That means you're going to push through. So if the quicker you understand that, you just brace yourself and be ready. But what that tells me, and it, you hear that it's going to be a year of victory. What that means, you will fight. You know, people always just yell victory, amen. And you're thinking of the victory parade, we're gonna dance. <laughs> you will fight before you dance. So we have a way of doing selective uh, tendering. <laughs> this year, I feel so strongly, it's a year where our personal time with God is the key. It's not, hear me, it's not, I do I have um, quiet time. It's not about quiet time where you do prayer, you do this, whatever you do, you say, I do one hour. It's not that. It's that you just immerse, you drown in God. Because the people God is going to raise and be, make them solution are the people who seek him. I talked about music ministers now. Those are people who go and they hear. Each one of them, go and check their, their journey. It's been one of being set aside for a time. Not knowing. 
what's going to come. Just immerse yourself in God in spite of what is happening around you. And when he comes through, gives you one song, that song, Waymaker. If you told Sinatch when she released the album that the song will, or that song that to go anywhere, I mean, she would have expected, okay, people will sing it, but that it will be global in a time of pandemic. That's the song that gave everybody hope. <laughs> Only God can do that. This year, it must be a year of more prayer. And I'm not talking of corporate prayer. More fasting. Hear it, fasting. Check. Most churches, most groups were praying from January 1st, fasting. This is unprecedented this year. The number of fastings we have seen in this first. If I want group from January 1, no New Year lunch, just fasting. <laughs> when I was in Abuja, pastor asked me to announce that there will be fast because he was online. And I, I said, how will I say this thing <laughs> to people? January 1st, he just announced it there on the crossover that from January 1, I say, voila. But it was accurate in the spirit because that's what the, demand, the time demanded. That there were things that were going to happen that we needed to pray against from the first day of the year. It's a year of more retreats. Not be, like divine... Um, um, what's the name of the just retreat? Um, diligent pursuit. Eh, it's your personal, personal retreats I'm talking of. You need to create time with God. And... That picture, can, can we put it up? If I don't say anything else, this is where I want to rest. This year, you have to seek God. You see, this picture, you see, it says many things. It says, this person is bothered. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. Okay, no, it says, I wonder why I don't hear from the shepherd anymore. And it quotes that scripture, my sheep listen to my voice. And the shepherd is there shouting. He can't hear. He's listening to his uh, Walkman, iPad, maybe iPod. He has radio on, TV on, Bible is on the floor, he's reading a book, laptop open. It speaks of distraction. Many of us can relate to this. You can't hear the shepherd because you are, you are encumbered with many things, like Mary and Martha. Says Mary was doing the needful thing, which was to sit at his feet and listen to him. You can look at it at the level of distractions. But look closely. This guy is not distracted because he's doing things in the, in, 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 in the world. He's actually seeking the shepherd. The book he's reading is about sheep. He's trying to understand. He's listening to messages. He's watching TV programs. Think about it in that realm. So you can actually be seeking God the wrong way. He's looking for God in everything. But he can't hear. Because he's so... The word I hear, stillness. If he just took all those things off and just sat down and said, Lord, I will not move from here till you speak to me. He will speak to him. Many of us can't hear because we are so involved in too many things some good but what he calls for is just time with him time with him being still be still 
for the presence of the Lord is flowing in this place. He says, be still and know that I am God. Go through the scripture. You will see that times like this, you need to set yourself apart and hear him. The people who invent things, many times they just set themselves apart. Writers, they set themselves apart and inspiration comes. It's not going to be any different in your life because the situations and the shakings are going to ratchet up a notch higher, trust me. If you take in what's today, 24th of January, in 24 days, it's as if we have done half year. All the activity that has happened, just look at America. They have lived many generations in these few days. <laughs> what's the solution? It's not executive order because you give an order, you have to implement it. And you have 70 something million people who are just ready waiting for you to begin to do some guerrilla warfare. <laughs> Nobody has the solution. God has to raise people. When there's darkness that is covering the earth, it needs people who will come forth with the light of God upon them. And it's only people who have spent time in his presence. The quality of our work is the time we spend with him. Keep this picture before you. Begin to hive off things that keep you from spending time with him. You know, we do a quiet time like a machine. Just pray, worship, read the Bible, and I've done it and you go off. How about just spend 15, 20 minutes just being quiet? Just quiet. After praying, doing all the things, just stay quiet. Sometimes God tests us like he did with Job. He's just watching to see what you do. He's there, but he's just watching. Are you patient? Are you ready? How desperately do you want me? And because you leave, you haven't caught him. We need to begin to create those times with him. Many of us depend on the corporate. The corporate is critical. But the way I look at it is each one is meant to be a fire. And when we come together, we have a roaring fire like those Australian bushfires. But what we have is a flame. When we come together, it's a flame because people are coming. You know, some have water poured on their own. So you need another person's own to burn up the water before you can now ignite. So by the time we finish, all of us, when we should be having a fire that consumes this place, we can't even take this place. That fire comes in his presence. Yes, madam. Yeah. Okay. Saying here that this is this sheep book, he's holding a sheep. And in there, if you see, it's written D-O-E-S-T. The sheep doest. He's not doing anything. He's listening to something. That's why he's not hearing. So the sheep is not doing. He's doing something else. He's not doing what the master says he should do. 
the sheep doest. So this was what I saw. Well done. It goes back to what you're meant to do is what God said about Mary and Martha. He says, Martha is doing the needful thing, which is sitting at my feet, hearing me, and then you do. Many times we are, you know, we are all professional. We, we, are, we are solution providers in our, in our workplaces. So we just get, get up and go. With God, it's not just get up and go. Hear first. If you don't hear, don't go. Wait till you hear. But we are quick to, you know, all, everything is now, 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 now. With God, it's not now, now. We test. You know, it's, I call him the 11th hour God. He always comes right at the last minute, 11.59. That's God. So if you are, many of us, by 10, we have gone. We have said, God, we have given you up to this time. We are, we are done with you. He comes at 11.59 and you have gone. You have to have a heart of patience. You have to have a heart that is just yielded. That's what this year is about. We missed it last year. That was what last year lockdown was about. People were bothered about, I can't go to work, I can't go to church, I can't do this. It was a time to lock down and just engage. Many missed it. They were too taken in like Martha with the things around them. That was the time to be like Mary. Just lock yourself with God. You had copious amounts of time. You were bothered about what you eat, what you drink, and, and, and all kinds of things. That was the time to be still and just hear him. God prepared me for that season. That's when he gave me press on and he understand it. He said to me, the analogy he gave me was, if you, if you don't listen to me to hear what is going to happen, or what, if you listen to what everybody is saying, he's going to be here of this. If on January 15th, it was specific and I didn't understand. If on January 15th, everything falls apart after you have been told that and you have been rejoicing, many will lose faith because it didn't turn out the way I planned it. That's why I say prophecy that is given is not complete till you have carried it back to him and prayed it through. That it doesn't happen doesn't mean he didn't say it. He said, the reason you must do that is if I'm, I've already planned that June 15th, I'm going to restore you double like Job. Many would have long dropped away and disappeared by June 15th. That's why you need to listen to me, not what is happening out there. That was my mindset. I shared it with you guys. That was my mindset for the year. So when COVID hit and all the attendant issues, I was not moved. I just adjusted to things. You see, the... It, it, <laughs> We talk about doing fire drills and drills for bomb or whatever. What a drill is meant to do is make you understand what to do so that when the real thing hits, you are ready. God drilled me by drilling my mind to understand what to do. So when it came, I just applied. Did I know what I was doing? No. I look back and I just marvel. That was the second year running. God had done that for me. I remember December two years ago. I had had a very stressful year in work and I hadn't gone on vacation. I was almost breaking down. We just took time off. My wife and I and my daughter, we just traveled. I just needed to calm down. 
one particular day, I was having a bad cold. I couldn't sleep. I was just saying, Lord, I was frustrated. And I felt God saying, perhaps the reason is, I've been trying to get your attention all year. You've been too busy. Perhaps this is why that is. And I felt saying that, remember you had a flight. You came where you were going. It was a bit bumpy. Remember what they tell you on the plane? They will say, brace for impact. If this happens, you take the brace position, you do this. He says, that's what I'm doing. I wrote it. I wrote those thoughts. In February, something happened that shifted my life. That's when I had to come back to Lagos family just overnight. It was a couple of weeks later, I was reading that thing. That was my mindset, so it didn't shake me. When it happened, literally, I'm, I'm not kidding, overnight. It just happened overnight. I had to just bah, 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 scramble and do this, but I was calm because I was prepared. That's why last year, I sat down and said, Lord, what is the year? ahead this year that's what i did so i'm not waiting for someone to tell me i go to god this year you need to seek god for yourself i said if you don't hear anything else i've said hear this one you have to this year to be able to express the divine nature it only comes from being in his presence you cannot manifest what you don't know you can't I was just watching one of the sessions at um, Diligent Pursuit and it was Pastor Mo's session and then Pastor Ching Tok reinforced it. We were talking about Zechariah where it says, not by power, not by might. But previous scripture in Zechariah 4, 2-3 and the angel said to Zechariah, says, what do you see? So he said, I am looking and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And you know the... Um, the lampstand is seven. It has seven lamps in the typical uh, uh, temple. It says that there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And the bowl on top of it was meant to contain the oil that would flow into the seven lamps. It says, um, and understand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. And it says there are two olive trees that are by it. One at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. And the, the, the function of those olive trees is to feed so that there's a constant flow. And I understand this very well. When I was going to get a generator, you know, I, because diesel at the time when I was getting was very scarce and was problematic. I was thinking, I don't want to be turning jerry can of diesel. Even if I get a drum, you have to pour it to do this. What can I do? And I was speaking to a technician and he said, why not have a tank that you fit into? So it just constantly feeds into. So I just built a 1,500 liter tank and I just plug in and go. Just put the generator to be running. That is the picture I have. When you access the presence of God, you have a constant flow that just keeps feeding. Just keeps feeding. But when you are a 50 liter keg person, when the thing finishes, you have to go and be searching for like the five foolish virgins. You have to go and search. The five wise virgins had enough oil to cover. That has to be your mindset this year. I'll share one more. 
one of the things I felt God say is, you know, there are little foxes. You know the story of Samson. When the Philistines wanted to marry a woman, they gave the woman out. He just got annoyed, tied lamps uh, to the tails of little foxes and set them in a field and says they burned that field down. God is saying that we should actively war with little foxes this year. The little foxes are things like offense, unforgiveness, lying, backbiting, gossip, those kinds of things. They're not the run of many things that you worry about. You worry about adultery, fornication, those things. But I'm, say, I'm hearing God say that these are the things that will trip you up. What kept Moses from seeing the promised land? Anger. I, I hear God saying that this year, the things, the enemy doesn't have to do major things to cut you short. He just needs to do one little fox and you're gone. And he says, be brutal with those foxes. War with them. He didn't say cast, war with them. You know your space. You know the things that you say, that's how I am. You are not, it's not the way you are. God didn't make you like that. Even if it's the way you grew up, it's not how God expects you to be. I'm shy. Be bold as a lion. That's how he made you. If it's your nature, go and learn how to be, go and be roaring in the mirror every morning. Then you, <laughs> you, you, you become bold. <laughs> ah. But I hear God saying that actively. War with the little foxes. One more. Unquestionable obedience. This year. God is going to ask you, you see, if you go into that place and listen to him, he's going to tell you to do things. That don't make sense. Like Gideon, you'll be afraid. You'll be afraid. It could cost you. It will not make sense. It will make you the laughing stock. Be obedient. Because in the obedience is the way out. When there's a problem that you're all trying to solve, nobody has the answer. And something drops in your spirit. Why not do it like this? People say, ah, how can you do that? Does it make sense? Let's just try. And that will be the solution. In Hebrews, it says, Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. There are things you're going to have to do. He's going to tell you to do things that will seem painful. He said to Abraham, sacrifice your son. The one, your only son, the one who you love. And Abraham did it unquestionably. And when he did it, God said, indeed, in blessing, I will bless you. He had already spoken a blessing upon him, but he confirmed it to eternity. That's why he says he believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. This year, I don't know what you see. I see a glorious year. It will be a hard year, but it will be glorious. There will be a lot of uncertainty. A lot. A lot. Because it will not be clear what to do. 
the only sure thing is God. And that's why you must seek him with everything in you. Because that's what's going to keep you like an anchor. He says, seek me, you will find me. I want you to open yourselves this day. God wants to fill us with his divine nature. But like that picture, many of us are too cluttered with things. We are full of things. There's no space for him. You need to decongest. You need to do spring cleaning and jettison things. I want you to come to God this morning with your heart open. As I've been speaking, I know God has been pointing areas to you. Some is so difficult to let go because that's, you think that's your essence. He said to Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Many of us have not discovered who we are and who God intended us to be. So the things we have, he needs to deconstruct and fill us afresh. Empty yourself this morning. The greatest prayer you could give is, Lord, I yield. It's a hard prayer. I now understand why the songs that have been appealing to me in the last year have been songs of surrender that really hit me. On my birthday, some, a couple of weeks ago, all I felt to put was two songs. New wine, make me a vessel, make me an offering. They're all about sacrificing. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing. But now you've given me all. Jesus, make new wine out of me. If you know anything about the process of winemaking, it's by crushing the grapes. By pressing the grapes. That's how the wine comes. I'm indirectly saying, Lord, crush me. Chandler Moore, refiner. He says, clean my hands. Purify my heart. I want to burn for you. Take my life. A living sacrifice. I want to burn for you. That's my heart. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Burning means you burn up. <laughs> you burn. That's when you can mean something to God. Many of us need to jettison things. Clean my hands, purify my heart. I wanna burn for you, only for you. Take my life as a sacrifice. 
of your divine nature we desire oh God that our nature will be changed and transformed you say that as we behold you in a mirror that our lives are changed transformed on the daily and so we receive grace to begin to jettison those things burn them up oh God no matter how precious they are to us as we lay them at the altar Lord begin to burn them up give us a burden to just spend time in your presence continually day after day after day that as we press in oh God we receive life from you we receive grace to stand in the midst of adversity we receive life to transfer to others if we seek we will find receive grace today fill my cup Lord let this be your prayer just open your heart hands to him I lift it up Lord come and quench this thirsting of my soul Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. 
Fill my cup, Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsty of my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. that have been emptied of every distraction every wrong thing that has filled our hearts we ask oh Lord fill our cup with your nature with your spirit with your life with your Zoe life with your agape love help us to operate in the dimensions that Jesus operated in may we be called Christians like those who are in Antioch that it was evident that they were Christians. That the light in us will shine and bring forth and draw people to you. We bless your name, O oh God, as we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.